you guys. Hey guys. It's a. Uh, yeah, my stogie here. <laughs> <laughs> my stogie and my scotch. That's some hard dirt out there. <laughs> oh, it's a. Uh, it's four twenty. Happy holiday. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, it's been a while since we've put up a podcast. Tell them why, Craig. Well, we were busy. We were busy. <laughs> we we couldn't. This is the last one was part one of JFK. Uh, I really wanted to get everything prepared for the second one. We were going to do it last week, but. Both days that we could do it ended up not working out. So. Yeah, I had to. It was all my fault. Yeah, it's Nick's fault, blame him. Yeah, I put a, building a house, and I got putting my septic tank in, and it took a little longer than expected, because I'm doing it myself. Yeah, but that's okay. But it's all, it's past inspection now, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, I got some news for you. Okay. I've not told you this. Oh. I've not told anybody this. News to everybody. News to the world. Let's hear it. I'm, I am, uh, I'm protesting this, uh, quarantine lock nation lockdown thing. Yeah. You want to know how? How? I've not trimmed my beard since it's all started. Well, me either. I'm not going to trim it until <laughs> everything's open. <laughs> so, At the rate we're going, mine's going to be down to like my chest. <laughs> so when everything opens back up, I'm going to go find me a barber, get my hair cut and have him trim my beard. Yeah. That's what I do. Every I've never time. done it. I usually trim it myself, but I'm protesting. <laughs> no, I don't even. I was going to trim it the other day, but I can't find my clippers. It's been oh. so long since I've done it myself. I don't even know where they're at. <laughs> so. <clears throat> That's a good protest. Yeah. No shave uh, quarantine style. Yeah. Um, let's see. The NBA horse challenge was on. Oh, that was all. That was a failure. It was terrible. Um, besides that, there's no sports still. No sports news, really, that I can think of either. Nope. Um, Nothing about, that's important. Yeah. What about music? Anything? Anything about Yes. Oh. If any of you out there still listen to albums, I listen to albums. Yeah. You need to go listen to John Anderson's new album. It's called Years. Yeah, he sent me a couple songs off of it. It's pretty good. It's good. Um, I've not got to listen to many albums new albums that came out this year but it currently is my album of the year as you listened to today. Ashley McBride yet? no oh, okay. have you listened Doug? is it good? I yeah. listened to a couple songs it's, it's okay I don't know yet I'm not fully made my mind up you listen to any of John Anderson's new ones Doug? you should listen <laughs> the whole album's only like 31 minutes I listened to it 4 or 5 times at work I like it a lot Seminal Wind on there? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the remix. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Quarantine win. I think it's, it's swinging's on there, but it's called swinging alone now because you can't, you have to be social distancing. So he's swinging by it's himself. Not, that's not really on there. <laughs> no, it's not on there. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> if it was. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. You actually had me going. No joke. I really. Really blinked you for minutes. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, I just finished Longmire for the second full time. 
Was it as good as the first time? Yeah, it was good. I, I man, you get towards the end, it's just it's perfect. I think perfect I'm, television. I think I watched three seasons of it. You got to finish it. I think I watched part of the fourth, but I got busy and never finished it. The 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 fifth and the sixth are just like they good. Yeah, it's like kerosene on fire. It's so good. It just it, it just roars. I don't is know. Is it like kerosene or gasoline? Gasoline on fire. Gasoline. I guess that makes a little more sense. Don't it? I've used um, kerosene on fire too, though. So. I mean, I'm saying which one is it worth? Kerosene yeah. or gasoline? Gasoline's a little better for it. Yeah, we'll go with gasoline. Okay. A little more stronger. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. It is. Uh, it's something else. I'm, I I got Those really. Seasons five and six were. It's on Netflix and four. Four, five, and six. Were, yeah. They were net. They were made by Netflix. Weren't yeah. They? Weren't even on TV. No, on ball. Yeah. No. I did hear some bad news people are saying about movie theaters. What? They're done for? They're saying they might be after this COVID Shh. nonsense. I'll go to the movies. I like going to the movies. No, they said that I think people would still go, but they said uh, like some the biggest ones in the country and the world are going bankrupt, they say, because they're not making Good any money right Lord. now. Lord. And they're saying they think it might all go streaming. That sucks. I but hope that, not. The new Trolls movie was the first, and as far as I can tell, only major movie to premiere through streaming. How did it do? I'm not sure how successful it was, but I promise you, if it goes to that, I will never watch a new movie again. I'm not doing that. No, that's dumb. If, <laughs> I'm not paying that much, I, and I'm sure it's... I don't know. It's probably still however much. But if I and get to watch it at home, that's boring. Who wants to do that? If I never get to go to a movie theater again, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, I'll be real mad. I'll just open my own. Will you be mad, Doug? But they're saying they might close some of the ones who don't make the most money through the country. So I don't know. Really? Yeah. I'll just open my driving up. But I was I was thinking about that. They said it's they don't. Perfect. They said they don't know how many people would go even if they opened them back up. And I was thinking, you close all the movie theaters down. You get some independent guy opening up, he's going to stay packed. Yeah. Look at the drive-ins that are open around. Yeah, they're packed. They're packed all the time. Yeah. wonder how many people are going to the one in Johnson City they allowed they, to be They don't open. let them do it right now. I thought you said they let they them. Did, they did. The mayor caught... The, the guy that owns it, I was reading about it, the guy that owns the drive-in, they were first told they couldn't have it. So he's like, okay, he said, bad news, we can't open up. Well... Then the mayor, the mayor, whoever the mayor was, called him and he said, "Go ahead." He said, "We'll let you do it." He's like, "Okay." So they opened up. Somebody apparently reported them, and the attorney general of the state called them and told them they could not open. They're in their cars. I know. I know. This just shows you the overreach that's I going on. I had a few choice words with that <laughs> attorney general that I shouldn't say. Here. I would. They should have just opened. I would have. What were they? What are they going to do? You're sitting in your car. Not, not near anybody. anybody else. Yeah. Not. If you're going to comply with the stupid laws, leave the, not even laws, rules, guidelines. Yeah. Guidelines. Shut the concession stand. Say, right. Everybody just stay you can in do your that. car. You could even have a concession stand, like a delivery. Yeah. yeah. We'll deliver to you, like curb service. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to do it and get around, to get around, and it's just overreach. That's all it is. It's silly. Shat. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, I've wanted to open a drive-in for years. And now I've told everybody on here, and so there's somebody who'll probably do it and make all my millions off of it. You got to have a few million to get started. I know it's very expensive. I did, I did a lot of research on it. It's not a cheap. But you would make business. it back. 
Yeah, if you could do it, you if would you make money. <clears throat> you open that one back at Waynesville down the road here. I'd love to. You know how much money you'd make? Well, yeah. Right now, you wouldn't make any. But Well, I would. Yeah. It, it stayed, <laughs> tell you right now, I would. Because I'd have it open. What? It stayed packed when it was open? Yeah. Now it's stayed packed now. They tell me I had to shut that. I'd be like, no, you're an idiot. Yeah. Do what I want to do. It's my... <laughs> I mean, he can't. Like I said, there's ways to do it with the distancing. That's silly. That is silly. I understand if you're packed in a small movie theater. I get that. That makes sense right now. Being but, in a car? No. But being in a car doesn't make sense. Um, I have a quote I want to read. It's not really a quote. It's something I saw today and I'd never seen it before, but I really liked it. Um, it's it's on a like one of those roadside like historical markers. Um, and it says, The American's Creed. Okay. I do not choose to be a common man. It is my right to be uncommon. I seek opportunity to develop whatever talents God gave me, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dulled by having the state look after me. I want to take my calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to barter incentive for a dole, I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I will not trade my freedom for benefit, nor my dignity for a handout. I will never cower before any earthly master, nor bend any threat. It is my heritage to stand erect, proud, and unafraid. To think and act myself, enjoy the benefit of my creations, and to face the world boldly and say, This, with God's help, I have done. And this is what it means to be an American. Uh, I think it's pretty powerful words okay. for a time as this. Ah! Just dropped my phone. Lightning just struck. <laughs> No, I think, you know, I read that earlier today. Um, I think that's words we need to hear as a country. And as a people, some of us may not. Uh, I don't know. If you think about it, I wonder how your forefathers would think about your family line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, could your, could your great, great grandparents that whoever first came whoever your first family that came to america they look at you today and be proud of where their family names are standing i would say no about me <laughs> i'm just saying in the way that we react <laughs> that was funny that you said that i just mean are you really standing on the values and the principles that they stood for and and you know are you I think life would have been easier back then. Uh, probably. I mean, yeah, it was harder, but you knew what you were. You had a goal. Your goal to stay alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's and true. Your goal like, is to stay alive. <laughs> um, I don't know. Been simpler, happier, probably less yep. stresses. You you could shake hands back in. <laughs> that might be might be gone for good. Not with me, you gonna shake hands? I'll shake hands. I'm gonna when all this is over, I'm gonna walk up to people in the store and be like, How you doing? Just shake their hand, give them a hug. They might spit on you. Well, if they spit on me, I'm gonna hit them. <laughs> shake a hand, make a friend. 
I'm just you go try to talk to my now, they'll run away from you. I know they will. I know it. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into episode two? Not that not episode two, part two, part two, part two of John F. Kennedy, part two of how many? Oh boy! So when I was (laughs) preparing part two. There's so much there. There's so much that you're not gonna hear because I, you could do a podcast series on this, and it would take you. You could you could probably cover the entire assassination. You could probably do, I'm not lying, fifty episodes on it. I mean, if you really wanted to cover in depth everything, because there, there's so much, and I mean, there's a lot you're not gonna hear. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know. It Let's would see. be so much. It's gonna be a thing. <laughs> How many can we do? <laughs> I'm 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 gonna try to wrap it up in three, but it is possible. Don't do it. Just go with it's, four. It's possible we have four. If you try to wrap it up in three, you're gonna might leave something out that's good. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I'll say I'll go ahead and tell you my my plan right now is to have this part, and then another part next week, part three, and then part four will be. I, I need to I need to plan out my third part and see what I have left. Because I might can fit it, but I might not. Probably can't, because I think what I'll do, I think I'll cover all the JFK stuff and then and then try to talk about the Kennedy family as a whole, because there's a lot more than just his assassination um, that can... Consp- I mean, it's, it's interesting and pretty conspiracy-heavy, honestly. All, a lot he, of stuff in their family. Did he ever meet Elvis? JFK? Yeah. I don't think he did. Oh. Nixon did. <laughs> they seemed like they'd have been friends. Kennedy? Yeah. I don't know. Kennedy and Elvis and Marilyn Monroe all hanging out together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he met him or not. Didn't Elvis have a little fling with Marilyn Monroe? Nah, not that I know of. Yeah, not that you know of. <laughs> he had a fling with everybody. <laughs> so did JFK. Well, that's true. They probably met each other. They, they don't want people to know where they met each other. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. May have met at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead. I'm gonna we're gonna start. We ended last week um, with with or yeah, last week with Lee Harvey Oswald being killed by Jack Ruby. So we're picking up today with Jack Ruby. Okay, so Jack Ruby, his full name was Jacob Leon Rubenstein. Rubenstein. I think Jack Ruby's a little better. Uh, he was born April 25th, 1911, and he died January 3rd, 1967. He was a Dallas nightclub owner. He, he died in 67? Yeah. And when did he kill this guy? Uh, he shot and killed Oswald November 24th, 63. So not very long after. No, there's a lot. All the major the major three players in the, in the little story, they all passed away in very nice, neat... Box time frame. Yeah. <laughs> On that day, he drove to town with his dog, which he often did. That was his buddy. They said it was his right hand man, pretty much. What kind of dog? Uh, I don't know what kind of dog it was. Did it say his name? No. <laughs> but he went to send a money order. He sent the money order at eleven seventeen. Then he walked half a block to the police headquarters. At eleven twenty one, he shot Lee. When he stepped out from the crowd. So there was a pretty big crowd there. 
all sorts of people were in um, in the police department when they were bringing Lee out. I don't really know why so many were there, but if you, you can go, you can see the footage online because it was, there was people filming. Um, and it, I mean, I read that, you know, millions actually saw this man get shot and die on TV because I think it was NBC had their national news was covering that live. So, anyway, he stepped out, uh, single shot from a thirty-eight caliber Colt Cobra revolver. A detective there recognized Ruby and yelled, Jack, you son of a bitch. Um... March so who is this? Who is Jack Ruby? How they recognized him? We'll get into that. You're gonna. You're about to learn all about Jack. I'm just telling you what happened beforehand. Okay. So anyway, uh, on March the 14th, 1964, he was convicted and sentenced to death. Texas Court of Appeals, though, overturned the conviction and set a new trial, but he died before he was technically even convicted. So he died an unconvicted man. He got sick with pneumonia. They took him to Parkland, which is the same hospital where Oswald and Kennedy died, or were pronounced dead, rather. And when he was there with the pneumonia, they discovered that he had cancer in his liver, lungs, and brain, and he died three weeks later. So a little more, that's, that's the story on Ruby. I mean, the story we know. That's the timeline. Um... This is what happened. The, the, he shot Oswald. This is what happened yeah. up to his death. So at one point in time, he had, the Warren Commission started making... Well, this is before he died. Obviously, the Warren Commission was, was put together, and they started investigating the, the Kennedy assassination and uh, Oswald's killing. They decided that Oswald was killed just because. Like They decided it wasn't a conspiracy for his death. Uh, Ruby just did it. And Ruby claimed, he, he reached out to him and wanted to, them to take him to D.C. because he said that he needed to go there because he was in danger and he couldn't tell the truth without getting to go to D.C. All right. So Earl Warren, which the Warren Commission, that was the chief guy, and Gerald Ford, the guy that eventually became president, went to visit him there. What agency were they a part of? Earl Warren and Gerald Ford. Ford was a congressman. Warren was a Supreme Court justice. So, so this is a Warren commission that Congress did. Oh. They, I mean, this is a commission that Congress set up to do. Oh, okay. So this is not a um, so that not CIA, FBI, nothing like that. So they were the ones investigating it, not a law yeah, enforcement Congress, agency. Congress, Congress did it. Yes. Okay. They investigate because they wanted to have an official story, an official time, everything narrowed down and determined. So Ruby told them that he wanted them to make sure that LBJ understood that he was not part of any conspiracy. I don't know why that was important to him. He told he told them that the reason he did it was because he was distraught over JFK's murder and that he believed he was redeeming his city and wanted to save Jackie the pain of a trial. He said that he had been in mourning and that he cried lots and lots. And this was even evident in his... Once he was booked and he had his phone's blowing up, he had his bond hearing and he cried when he spoke about Kennedy at the time. They told uh, Ford and Earl Warren told him, We can't take you to DC. Uh, it's just not possible. There was too many hoops to jump through and everything. 
So let's backtrack in Ruby's life a little bit. He was a nightclub owner, as we said before. Very possible that him and Oswald knew each other, even though he claims that they didn't. There, there's been evidence that of, of witnesses that have said Oswald has been seen at his nightclub, and that once that he they saw Oswald go into Ruby's office, he stayed for about twenty minutes, and then he left. With they left together. Uh, there's also other events where. Other times, witnesses that said they had seen Oswald there, and they said that one Oswald, one time Oswald was there, that he went to the front of the nightclub and was screaming at a bouncer, telling him something, screaming like Russia propaganda. And Oswald grabbed him and took him out. I mean, Ruby grabbed Oswald and took him out. Uh, but then there's also people that claim that could have been one of the Oswald plants. His combs or yeah, what it was his lookalikes. <laughs> Jack Ruby had ties to ties to the mob, which make his telling that it was all alone a little more curious in the grand scheme of things. Because a lot of people believe the mob had something to do with JFK's assassination. He was friendly with eight members of the Marcello crime family. He was visited by some of them while he was in jail, and before he was in prison, he had helped them smuggle drugs into Cuba. He eventually owed $39,000 in income tax and he went to his lawyer one day on November 19th, which is before the assassinations, and he told them that he had a contract that would furnish all the money to settle the debts and he signed over power of attorney. So the theory here is that the mob had hired him to do something, some cleanup work, and they were going to pay his debt so he could be out of that. So they hired him to do this so some people think he may have hired, been hired to been kill, hired Oswald, to kill Oswald, Oswald, even yes. before JFK was killed. Yes. That's the theory. And it makes sense. Um, it don't make sense if you think the Warren Commission's correct and that Oswald acted alone and that Ruby acted alone. But if you look at it from... If it was all planned out, it makes sense. If it was planned uh, out, it makes perfect sense. He's going to be the guy who we say killed him. You're going to take care of him. Yeah. And it makes it a little more, a little easier. Ruby makes more sense in the scheme also that he is very friendly with police. He has friends in the police department, in the Dallas Police Department. Oswald was actually pretty much bought, brought out the perfect way for Ruby to have access to him as well. Um, two, of the friend, two of the friendly cops that were friendly with Ruby, Miller and Harrison, that early that morning of... When the day that he killed Oswald, they went together to a diner and they received a phone call while they were there. It was about Oswald's transfer. After that, a phone call was placed from the diner to Ruby's residence. When they were asked, you know, what were these, what did you talk about? What were these phone calls about? Oh, we don't know. So, when you look at it from that, it to me seems like he was tipped off on, you know, we're going to move him this time. Yeah. Be here then. And I mean, everything was perfect. He was there at the perfect time to kill the man. He had to know what time he was going to be moved. And they had moved the time. Oswald's time had been changed. So he had to know. But how hard would it have been to figure it out if it was on being covered by live news? Well. You'd had to know if you would to watch it. Yeah. You would know. I mean. But it had been moved at one point. It was supposed to be in the afternoon, and they changed it to the uh, to the morning, oh. earlier morning. But his story was he had been out running errands, and that, and and you know, 
So he just happened to walk over there to see what was going on. And there he was, and it was an opportunity, and he took it. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. So uh, he finally, he didn't do many interviews while he was in prison. Um, but he did, he allowed one private interview with Dorothy Kil, Kilgallen. I can't pronounce her last name. Kilgallen, I think so how it's said. Anyway, uh, the the notes from that interview are gone. Nobody knows what he told her. Um, but Dorothy did tell her friends after the interview that she had information on the case that was going to blow the case sky high. The JFK case, sky high. It was going to all be released in a book she had titled Murder One. It had already been picked up. She had a publisher, everything. But it was never released because she was found dead in her New York City apartment on November 8th, 1965 from an accidental overdose. Friends claim she didn't even do drugs. She didn't take pills. She didn't do any of that. Um, they believe she was murdered. They believe the body was moved because she was found on a bed that she never slept in in a position where you really wouldn't be sleeping. Like her feet were hanging off the bed and her back was on the bed. So she was in a very awkward position. She had a book sitting there next to her, like she'd been reading, but they said it was a book she'd already read before. It wasn't like a favorite book. It wasn't something she'd be reading. The room was cooled by air conditioning that she never used in the evening hours. And she was dressed in evening attire as if she was going out on the town. Her friend said that she had never dressed like that and that she, in fact, had never seen her dressed up like this. Nah, wasn't she married? I don't know if she was married. Okay. Why? I don't know. I think it would be important to the story. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't mention her husband at all. Um, her notes were gone. They were at her house. Her notes were gone. So, they've never been found. Uh, all the, whatever Ruby told her died with her and died with him. So, she was murdered. Yeah. And they possible. stole, they stole her notes and her book. Yeah. So, Ruby said at one point in time, he was quoted as saying that people in high places would never let the truth come out. He also said that if Adelaide Stevenson, who was a politician of the day, were vice president, the assassination would have never happened. When he was asked to explain that, he said the answer is the man in office now. Johnson? Johnson. So, Ruby died, gave one interview, all the notes are gone. Yep. So, Ruby's story's done. Oswald's story done. Nice little bow. The main players of this, the main players that we are told about are dead and cannot tell their story. Dead and gone. And never got the opportunity to tell their story. So, you know, looking at it from my ass, I think Ruby was hired to kill him. I think he paid off his debt. I think maybe he knew he was sick. Um, he knew he was dying anyway. Maybe he wanted to just get, you know, why not? I mean, I wouldn't want to live and go to prison, but at the same time, I guess if he didn't see another way out and he didn't, he thought he was dying. That's my my own theory that he knew he had all this cancer, so he did it. Maybe so. I don't. Um, know. But I do. I think he was hired to kill Oswald to shut Oswald up. Was it by the mob? I don't know. Was it by the government? Mm, I lean more towards that. But we'll get into my personal theory later. But we're going to start covering some of the theories, overall theories of the. JFK assassination, um, and it all kind of ties together. 
So that ties up. That ends the Ruby. That's, that's all for Ruby. Yeah. So we're going to start theories. Going to theories. I heard, uh, were you going to talk about this at all? I heard something the other day about an Umbrella Man. I wasn't going to discuss Umbrella Man. Do you want to? No, I didn't, I didn't know about it. I just yeah, didn't know I'll, that was I'll, part of your story. I'll give you, you a rundown on Umbrella Man. Okay. There was a man in the film. You can see him. Some of the video that's out there. What film is this? Like the Zapruder film. Or the Zapruder film is the film that you see of JFK being shot. So that that's the best evidence we have of the shooting. Um, there's other films out there, but that shows the best angle. It shows mm. everything's best. Anyway, in it, you see a man on the umbrella. He's got it out over his head. That's sunny. People say, why has this guy got an umbrella? Well, Dallas that day in Texas, really every every place that... The forecast that day was for rain. Most people had... A lot of people had umbrellas. A lot of people had jackets with them. Some of the cities he went through earlier in the day, it, it, it had been raining. And so they were... You can see, you know, they have umbrellas and such. Well, Dallas was later in the day. The rain moved out. But these people had been there for a long time. He still had his umbrella out. They interviewed him. That's... I mean... We don't know who he is. He's not ever come public or anything, but I do know that they did talk to him, and he said, yeah, it had been raining, so I had my umbrella. Some people want to say there's some other stuff more to it, but... I heard that uh, he stood there with his umbrella, and then he opened it up, put it over his head, and then when the three shots were fired, he took put, put his umbrella back down. That's interesting. They said that he... Somebody said... I don't know. They say... Like he had, no, like he had his umbrella down, holding it by his side. He opened up, put it over his head, then pow, pow, pow. Then he closed it back down and set it down. a sign, like a signal. Yeah, like a signal. Huh. Maybe I need to read more about the umbrella man. Maybe so. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. It's a good good theory. They say that's why it was weird. Not that he, they say it was weird because he put it up over his head. Right. And it was exactly when the shots fired. And then as soon as the shots ended, he put it back down. Huh. Yeah, I've got to read more about Umbrella Man. Good. That's good fun. Umbrella Man. So, we'll talk about multiple gunmen and the grassy knoll. Uh, anybody that's looked at this case, anybody that's read anything about this, has heard of the grassy knoll. I know you had. Uh, yeah. you, you said something about it. So, the grassy knoll is a small sloping hill inside of Dealey Plaza. Um, there's a hundred, there was a hundred and four, hundred and four eyewitnesses that were interviewed. Fifty, by this one, sir, this is one of the interviews. This is not the only one, but one of the interviews. Fifty-six said that they heard at least one shot from the book depository. That's where it was supposed to come from. Thirty-five, however, said they heard shots from the grassy knoll. Eight said that they heard them from elsewhere. Don't know where. Five said they heard them from two different directions. And one lady said that shots were being shot after the fatal one and that she was in the line of fire. So there was supposedly the fish story, three shots, all from the book store, the book depository. Last one was fatal. They were all... We don't really know how many of them were fatal. Most likely he was killed with the first one. The one went through his throat. The one went through his throat was fatal and then his head. So the first one was fatal. Um, anyway, but she says that she they were still being shot. 
I don't know how she's the only one that says that, but that's her claim. Uh, in 1967, Josiah Thompson concluded from studying the film and other evidence that four shots were done. He says one hit the governor. He says that, that one shot was not a pass through and hit the governor. He says there was one shot that hit the governor and three hit John F. Kennedy. The governor's wife, which was who was in the limo with Kennedy, she was sitting right next to the governor. She was up front with him. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy were in the back. She says that she's always believed that a separate bullet had hit her husband, that it wasn't a pass-through. Two dozen spots were said that there could have been shots from. That's how many people have claimed they heard and or saw shots. Uh, Josiah also interviewed 64 witnesses. 33 of them said that the, the shots came from the knoll. So there's a a large number of people that claim, you know, 33 of 64 is a lot. That's more than 35. half. That was a different study. Oh. So it was a different interview. That one had 104 interviews. And 35. This one had, yeah. And this one had 64 interviewers. How many, so, the, how many of them were the same? Did I don't know if there was any crossover. Oh. Probably not. I think it was all separate. Um, but, you know, this is another interesting thing. Lee Bowers was a man that was in Dallas at that day. He was in the rail there was apparently there's a railroad tower. I don't I don't know where, but he said it's overlooking that area. He said that he saw two men behind the grassy knoll fence. After the shooting he saw one of the men was still there. But he lost the second man. He also saw a flash of light or smoke from the knoll when Kennedy was shot. He said he heard three shots, but he couldn't be sure if it was from the same gun. Okay? So he thinks there was multiple shooters from different locations. He said that he saw a man in the parking lot throw what looked like a rifle into a car. So he's overlooking it, and he saw all this right behind him. There's a fence towards the back of the knoll, and he saw these men doing this stuff. And he was the only one who saw it? Apparently, well, he was up in the tower. Oh, yeah. So he was looking down. You could see behind what the was fence. it? Railroad Tower? Yeah, Railroad Tower. Railroad Tower. Um, kind of interesting. You know, I, I think... I mean, there's something to what he saw. Yeah. <laughs> the puff of smoke or flash of light is what's interesting to me. Um, I mean, I don't know what else he could have seen. I don't know. Anyway. But I do know at one point in time, you know, he was pressed on it more. And eventually he said he wasn't sure what he saw. He probably got threatened. Yeah, so he did eventually change his story later on down. Um, another, that's all, that's pretty much the theory on that. Um, then you get into the mob, mob theory. We kind of discussed this with Ruby a little bit, I guess, because he had ties to the mob. Um, and Robert Kennedy himself feared that he may have contributed to John Kennedy's assassination because he had attempted to prosecute the mob and he also attempted to have Castro killed. Fidel? Fidel. Which, apparently the mob and Cuba are buddies because Jack Ruby was connected to both as well. And he said it backfired, so he's afraid that that was part of it. Uh, I don't buy into the mob. I don't know. I don't... This... There's two... This one and the next thing I'm going to just literally mention. Uh, I don't think at all. There's really no evidence um, that the mob had anything to do with this. 
Um, but there is some documents that show that some members of the mafia worked with the CIA on different attempts to try to kill Castro. Um, so maybe the CIA, the mafia, and the anti-Castro Cubans worked together to go after. <laughs> That's pretty much this theory. Go after JFK. Go after JFK. I, Why? I don't, I don't believe know. it. I don't even. This was this is weak. The next one's even weaker. Um, but Cuba, Russia. Uh, if uh, Cuba's and the Russians work together, which I think is honestly the worst one. Yeah, I, um, that, right? I think this one makes that one literally makes the war the least amount of sense. The mob one could make some sort of sense to me. If Lyndon Johnson has connections to the mob, the mob okay, that's the mob makes sense to me. If they're connected that way, if they're connected through a government agency to do it, if they're basically contracted out to do it, then it makes sense. But I do not, I don't see why the mob in itself would do it. No, uh, that one. There's no tie there at all. There's no reasoning. They had nothing to benefit, um, and they don't do things without being beneficial. No. So, we're going to get into the next theory, and we're going to finish out the day with this one, but we're also going to, the next episode is going to be heavily on this theory. Um, it's kind of a little introduction to this one. I'm not giving you a ton of information on it today. Once you start hearing what I'm going to go over here today, though, you might have an idea. Where I leaned on all this, where I have leaned since the first time I ever read anything on this, um, and that is the CIA, Lyndon Johnson, and also someone else that I'm going to let you think about for a minute, who you think this third person is. Everybody knows who they are. Don't tell them yet. I'm not tell, tell them next yet. week. Yeah, we won't even mention this third person. I had a little note at the bottom, but I think, I think I'll, I'll just let you stew over the third person. Yeah. And then if you're listening, CIA, LBJ... One more person that everybody knows. So send us an email with who your guess is that this third person is. See if yeah. anybody gets it right. Um, should I give him another hint? No hint. Okay. All right. Does Doug know? Do you know who it is? Okay. Should I give you a hint? No. They're connected. Don't tell them. Okay. Nothing. Let's let okay. So LBJ, Lyndon Bain Johnson, wanted to be president more than anything in his life. Uh, this man literally... He actually had a quote, I would kill to be president. Yeah. He used to... He, <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? No, I don't know. He he told kids... I, I made that he, up. Oh, I don't well, know if it's true or he, not. He was, a, he was a teacher at one point in time, and I remember reading from back one of them books I read a long time ago, that he that's all he talked about to these students, was that he wanted to be president of the United States. He wanted it so bad he couldn't stand it. This was pretty much the driving force in his life. Once he wasn't president anymore, um, he was pretty much miserable. He was pretty miserable from his entire life. Then he was president, and he was miserable during that, but that's what he always wanted, and then he was miserable afterwards, and he died. Good. <laughs> Evil man. Um, anyway, so Johnson, uh, and one story that I have heard after he died, he, not after he died, after he was president, rather, he built his presidential library in Texas, near College Station, Texas. Texas A&M, near the campus. Yeah. 
And they said that he would go on Saturdays when they were having football, uh, home football games. He would go to the football game, and he, and he would go and he'd stand outside, and he would try to direct people to go to his library. He wanted people to come to his president's library and see this stuff. Why? Because he was a narcissist. What did he put in his library? All stuff about him? Yeah, it's just, I mean, oh. president's libraries are just about that president. Oh. And all about him. Basically, it's a museum for the president. That so day. he tried to get people who were going oh, to a football yeah, game would, to go into would, a library? Yes. He tried to get people to go there. Uh, Bobby Baker was a senator, uh, and he said he was known as Lyndon Johnson's strong right arm. He predicted... Uh, on inauguration day of JFK, that JFK would die a violent death before his first term was over. Uh, Johnson was described as a narcissist, bully, and a sadist. He was also described as a functioning lunatic. Some more descriptions of him. He was evil, vicious, vengeful, arrogant, abusive, and sex-craved. Uh, he wanted to be president, like I said, but when he was offered the vice president, vice presidency, he accepted it, but he despised it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> they said that his CIA agents that were so, assigned uh, to him. He despised it. Yeah. Why wasn't he running for president? I don't know why. He might, I think he actually might have run in the primary. Oh. I think he did. Um, his Secret Service agents that were assigned to him hated him and Kennedy knew all of this stuff but Kennedy didn't realize how badly he wanted to be president why did Kennedy pick him Texas electorially he thought it was a beneficial thing to have a southerner with him and Texas especially alright uh, he took Johnson was very jealous of JFK and JFK's women he wanted JFK's women. <laughs> he did everything in his life in excess. He was excessive when eating, drinking, smoking, and having sex. So how old was he there in this when uh, he was vice president? Oh, I don't know. I don't have to, I can't remember how old he was. Probably in his 60s. He was an older man. I'm <laughs> jealous uh, of your women. <laughs> let's look it up. Lyndon Johnson's age. Yeah, he was. Uh, so he was born in nineteen oh eight, and he was president. He was president in nineteen sixty three. So he wasn't quite. He was like fifty five. Yeah, so he, yeah. Golly, people looked so much older back then. He just looked like an old man. He was in his fifties. Like he literally looked old. Anyway, but but he was. This was him, uh, and all his excesses would bring him temporary happiness. But it would always pass. And they said he was often drunk. Even when he was working. His wife caught him with multiple women in the Oval Office. They also said that he had no moral compass. And that it's possible he had at least three illegitimate children. Uh, I know that they said that his... I, think, I believe his secretary at one point in time got pregnant. And left. And that he was like send her money and was was seen playing with her kids and with his with her kids at times so probably his kids <laughs> he was a pretty perverted man and liked to discuss uh, his genitals and as we've talked before he liked to bring people into the bathroom 
and sit on the toilet and have meetings and would brag about that often. Um, I guess he found it humorous. I don't really know. He just, he honestly sounds like a terrible human from everything I've ever heard about him. Um, they said that when JFK had been shot and they had taken him to the hospital, that he was overheard outside in the area talking about how he needed to sell some stock. Talking with his with somebody about selling stock before Kennedy was pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he once was quoted as saying, if I can't have booze, sex, and cigarettes, what's the point of life? <laughs> and he had an extreme hatred of Bobby Kennedy. And he's... He's not an attractive man, he's is he? He's not at all. He's not even average. No. He's like... So that is a setup for a teeing off of what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to get into Clinton. LBJ, CIA, and someone else, so we're not going to mention You just got to guess. Uh, but that sets up his mindset and his, <laughs> his frame of mind. Uh, oh. Johnson loved Johnson. <laughs> he loved himself. of a story <laughs> stay tuned for our next episode of Messer Brothers Presents that's Craig oh, over there and Craig. I'm Nick have a great time <laughs>